Well, this morning we want to continue our our journey through the the book of Romans, and uh, we're we've just began the eighth chapter last week, and and uh, I hope you sometime during this past week took the time to read through this entire chapter, or, or perhaps even to have started at chapter one and caught yourself up all the way uh, through chapter eight, because chapter eight. There's so many wonderful truths found in this chapter. I encourage you to read it over and over and over again because you will have opportunity as you witness to others to use verses from this chapter. I will guarantee you it will come as a mighty blessing to you. And today we're just going to read the first two verses. So Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for the awesome truths. We give you thanks that through Christ we can be free. And Father, I just pray that you would help us, that your Holy Spirit would move over us. Lord, I pray that you would keep me from error, keep me from going down rabbit trails or anything that I shouldn't, Lord. But Lord, give me a focus of mind to deliver what you would have for this day and give us all ears to hear. And Father, Should there be someone who would perhaps even hear today or would listen to this sermon at another time who is yet lost without Christ, condemnation is upon them, Father, that you would breathe on them, your Holy Spirit, bring that dead spirit to life, show them the cross, show them that they're a sinner, show them that you're most holy God, and Lord, grant them faith that they might believe and receive Christ. Help us, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I I said last week probably one of the most glorious statements within the Word of God. A glorious truth. At one time, we all stood condemned. Amen? Every one of us in here, and perhaps some are still, but we all once were. After previously charging that both Jews and Greeks were all under sin, Paul said this in in Romans 3 verses 10 through 12. Romans 3, 10 through 12. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. And that was all of us. That was all of us. Romans 3.23, you know this. All. How many? (laughs) All. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were due to suffer, all of us, the penalty of of an eternal death for our sins in Romans 6, 23. 
I'm just reminding you of passages you already know. And I've said this before, that's all I can do. That's, that's all any preacher should do, is to stand before you and remind you of what God has already said in His Word. And to remind you again and again, that's what Paul told Timothy, remind them. And so that's what I'm doing today, reminding you of what the Word of God says. For the wages, the cost, the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, in Christ we have been set free from the penalty of sin and death. Set free. There is therefore now no condemnation. And we spent a little time last Sunday talking about that that no and, and how strong a word in the Greek that that is. There is no condemnation now nor can there ever be for the true born-again child of God. It is an impossibility for you to be condemned before Almighty God because of Christ, because of Christ. In Romans 8, let's drop all the way down to 33 and 34. This is some of those truths that perhaps you read this past week. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore has risen, who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. We are his if we are in Christ. And no one can condemn us. Oh, our heart will try to condemn us, won't it? But aren't you thankful that he is greater than our heart? I love that verse because we know, we know, and and we'll probably talk about it a little bit later. I still stumble. I still fall. I still let stuff slip out of my mouth. I go, that that wasn't helpful at all. And I got a feeling probably every one of you in here has done that maybe this morning. Say anything that wasn't helpful, wasn't beneficial, didn't go. And and then the the, the Holy Spirit just hits you. And perhaps that's why I love that end of chapter 7. And that's why I believe that that was Paul because I know that feeling. Wretched man, wretched man. I did it again. How could I have done it again? But I'm so thankful that he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Aren't you? Aren't you? For those in Christ, no charge, no accusation will ever be brought against us because Christ died in our place. Christ took our condemnation. He took it for us. He bore our sins upon the cross. And it is on that basis that God justifies us. For those in Christ, the verdict has already been rendered. No condemnation. Aren't you thankful for that? But for those apart from Christ, we said last week, there is nothing but condemnation. Uh, John 3 Verse 17 and 18. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. The world was already condemned, wasn't it? Jesus didn't have to come to condemn it. It was already condemned. He didn't come to condemn the world. But why did He come? But that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
And if we drop down a little further, John 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Condemnation abides upon him. Those in Christ, no condemnation. Those apart from Christ, nothing but condemnation. But the good news, see the the good news of the gospel, the good news of the gospel is that there's freedom through Christ. And that's the gospel message that we present. That's the gospel call that goes out. Freedom for all those who believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus said this in John 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, say the rest of it with me, and the truth shall make you free. And we can say, those who are born again, and the truth has made me free. Jesus was talking about gospel truth, the truth of the Word of God. And, And that is the only thing that can set us free. Because it alone, the blood of Christ alone, can free us from the bondage of sin. And for those who are in Christ, sin no longer has dominion over us. The penalty has been paid for in Christ, so sin no longer has dominion. Do we still sin? Regrettably so. But we have an advocate with the Father in Christ Jesus. Jesus came that we may know true freedom. Uh, We have the holiday, Independence Day, 4th of July coming up. And if you turn the news on much, well, there's no telling what you'll see. Maybe don't turn it on. <laughs> but but there'll probably be a lot of politicians pandering, talking about freedom and all these different things. But But this I know. Yes, I'm thankful that I was born in the United States of America. Yes, I am. I am thankful for the freedoms that we have because we can gather this morning without persecution. We didn't have to fear being followed here with people with guns and, and things because we are here to to worship the Lord. And there we have brothers and sisters throughout the world that that is happening. We have brothers and sisters throughout the world that if they get caught with a little house group, they may all be put to death. But they still gather. They still gather. That's the love you have for Christ, the one who saved you, the one that set you free. Because regard, what can man do to me? Well, they could kill me. But what did Paul say? To die is gain. To live as Christ, to die is gain. If, 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 if they kill me, I get promoted. If they kill me, I get to go be with my Lord. So I, I, I pray that in the midst of whatever you may hear over the next couple of days, that you will know that you will know where true freedom lies. And know this, regardless of all the junk that's going on, but because let's be honest, are, are we on the verge of losing Christian liberty? 
we're, we're already being persecuted. Uh, you know, they, they talk about um, uh, have, having not being, well, here I'm losing a word. See, it's what happens when you get older. You lose a word. Uh, for others, um, compassion for others, tolerance. That is the word I was trying to say. That tolerance. Oh, you got to have tolerance. You, you, you can't say those things. You can't, you can't go to the Word of God. You can't read the Word of God because that's not being tolerant to people that don't believe that. Well, what about them being intolerant with me because I do believe it? You see? But aren't you thankful, child of God, that you've been set free? You've been set free. Put that verse 8, um, chapter 8, verse 2 in Romans. Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And as I was reading that this week, an old Albert E. Brumley hymn came to my mind that I can remember as a little bitty guy. It was in the the old brown book that we used to sing in that little country church. Put the chorus of this up. He set me free. Any of you ever remember singing this old song? He set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. For glory to God, he set me free, yes, he set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Now I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. For glory to God, he set me free. And this, child of God, is a freedom that no one can take away. They can't legislate it away. They can't do any of that. But we stand and stand firm on the Word of God. In John 8, verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall be free forevermore. You are saved to the uttermost. True freedom. And this only comes through Christ and through Christ alone. And so I want to do this this morning. I want to go into Luke, the fourth chapter, and just read these verses. It talks about Christ, the reason he came. He came to set captives free. It's the reason he came to earth. It's in Luke 4. We're going to read 16 through 21. So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now I'm going to pause there for a minute. I, I don't know if he asked for it. I don't know if it was just handed to him. I know of this, it was divine either way. It was divine either way. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then verse 20, then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And what was the response? (laughs) For many, blasphemy. But Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives, to proclaim release, to proclaim pardon, to proclaim forgiveness. And and what is this liberty, this pardon? What what is it a release from? A release from the bondage of sin, a release from the curse of sin, release for those taken captive. And I'll ask the question, who has taken them captive? Let's read 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 through 26. He starts out talking about a servant of the Lord and and, and, uh, attributes of a servant of the Lord. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps would grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses. Let me pause there for a minute. I love you, and I want you to know the Word of God. You know, if you're trying to witness someone, would you want to use that phrase right there? That you may come to your senses. I don't know if that'd go over well, but that's the truth. That's the truth. So that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses, and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him, by who? The devil, to do whose will? His will, Satan's will. Who were we all held captive by? Well, it says right here, the devil. Do we have momentary times where it seems we are entangled again with sin? Yes, quite often. But know this, know this. We have been set free from the penalty of sin. Yes, we are still influenced by the power of sin that it's upon this earth because we're still in this unredeemed mortal body, but all we have been giving a new heart, a new heart, a new living spiritual heart. And in this regard, we are free. We are free, though we must still deal with the power of sin while we're still walking around on planet earth in these mortal bodies. In Galatians 5.1, we read this uh, maybe last week or a couple weeks ago. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't become entangled again in the sin and bondage that you have been set free from. Why would we do that? Why would I do that? I don't know. Weakness. Weakness. What what Paul was telling the Galatians, because when you read the book of Galatians, they were going back 
into. They were being influenced by Judaizers. They were going back under the law, putting themselves back under the law, doing those people are trying to get him to go back there. And, and, uh, and he, he was saying, Paul was in essence saying, stop trying to go back living like a slave under the law, an outcast, that, but rather live like the free man that you are in Christ. No longer a slave to sin, but a slave to Jesus Christ. Our allegiance has changed. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I'm so thankful that when we do, that he is faithful and just and will forgive us when we turn to him. Jesus has come to set the captives free. Let's go to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, 5 through 7. Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I, and I will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. That's why Christ came. Why he came. To open blind eyes. In Luke 4, uh, we, we, we read, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And, and then, uh, again, it's referencing spiritual blindness and spiritual oppression. In Jeremiah 5, verse 21, Jeremiah proclaimed this, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Talking of spiritual blindness. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Why would it be veiled to them? Because they have eyes and cannot see. They have ears and cannot hear. Whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Spiritually blind, in darkness, blind to the light of the gospel. In John 3, verses 19 and 20. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. So Jesus has come to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Acceptable year, meaning a period of time, a time of redemption, of salvation, a, a time of yeah, perhaps you've studied and you've heard about Jubilee, a time of Jubilee to set the captives free and mark the debt of sin paid in full. That's what's happened to those of us who are in Christ. For those who are born again, our debt has been paid, our ransom paid, paid by the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Jesus paid it all. Amen?
Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Aren't you thankful, child of God? Sing it again. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. See, Jesus came to earth to set the captives free, to save sinners, to release from sin the poor in spirit, to set at liberty all who would humble themselves and believe. Now is the acceptable time to receive mercy. According to Luke's gospel, when Jesus read from Isaiah in the synagogue that day, Jesus stopped reading at a particular point. And, and I want to do this. He, he said, uh, let's, let's put up uh, Luke 4, verse 19. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I want us to go to Isaiah 61. This is what he was quoting. So let's go to Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, now listen, and the day of vengeance of our God. See, Jesus stopped at a particular point. And and as you've read that, and if you ever correlated the two, if you ever were reading in Luke, and you cross-references and you went back, Did you ever say, well, why did he stop at that particular point? Now, do I know? Not sure I know, but I think I have at least an understanding because he's talking about the acceptable year. Why did he come? To bring redemption. That's why he came. Did he come to judge? Did did he come to condemn? No, when he first came, he came that he might bring light into darkness. Let's, Let's go to John. Jesus said this in John 12, verses 44 through 48. So stay with me. I just want to walk through this. Because when I considered this, I thought, well, how good is that? John 12, verse 44 through 48. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world... And whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone does not, and if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word which I have spoken will judge him in the last day. I believe Jesus didn't read the portion of the verse about vengeance is because the first coming of Jesus ushered in the acceptable year of the Lord, an acceptable period, an acceptable time of salvation, not judgment. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. 
For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, we live in a day of great grace and mercy and patience of God. Amen? Uh, With all the sin that is in this world, God could wipe it all out. He could. And just obliterate people, but He doesn't in His mercy and grace. He withholds His judgment. And, And for an acceptable period of time offers full pardon for all sinners who would believe and receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? All sinners, even those that I talked about earlier who is persecuting our brothers and sisters in Christ, even those who are shooting and killing and and doing all manner of things to our brothers and sisters throughout the world, even them, mercy can come. Never forget that. But know this, when the acceptable time is over, the time for salvation is past, then will come the second part of that Isaiah 62 two, the day of vengeance of God, judgment day. Isaiah 62 two will be completed. We read a portion I believe last Sunday from 2 Thessalonians. Let's go back there today. Let's, I'm going to read a bigger portion today. 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 3 through 10. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of one another, love of every one of you all abounds toward each other so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Now, now listen, judgment day, day of vengeance is coming. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Vengeance, everlasting destruction. Oh, but but God is love. Yes, He is. And He is just. And He will do exactly what His Word has said He will do. Vengeance, everlasting destruction upon those who do not know God. But for those who believe, rest. (laughs) Eternal rest in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. For all those who believe, believe the testimony of the word of God. Rest with him for all of eternity. 
And there we come to that question that I ask almost every Sunday. It comes down to this. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? I want to read. Jesse read a portion of this uh, this morning in his opening. John 3, verse 14 through 16. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? Why must Jesus be lifted up upon the cross? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, Jesus came to this earth to be the perfect sacrificial lamb to give his life a ransom for many to pay in full the penalty of sin for all those who will believe so then the gospel call goes out by faith believe and receive jesus christ confess that you're a sinner in need of a savior repent of your sins and turn and follow jesus romans 10 verses 9 through 13 that if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved Saved from wrath. That's what you'll be saved from. Saved from condemnation. Verse 10, For with the heart one believes unto, believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be Saved. It's, it's, it's a promise of God to call in faith. See, Jesus came to usher in a period of release for those held captive by sin. We're in that period, the acceptable time. But this acceptable time will end someday. Do we know when? No, no. But God does. So, liberty, real freedom only comes from Jesus Christ and from Him alone. So as you hear things over the next couple of days, remember that. Remember that your liberty, your true liberty came at a great price, and that was the life of Jesus Christ as He gave Himself upon the cross. He has come to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So in response, may we stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. For those who are in Christ, no condemnation, but those apart from Him, nothing but condemnation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, even as we come to You giving thanks once again, Lord, just I pray that this could be the accepted time for someone, the accepted time for them to be released from that which is holding them captive. And Lord, we know that it takes an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that it is you 
The salvation belongs to you. So I pray, Lord, that by your spirit and by the truth of your word, that you would draw someone to yourself this day. Open their eyes that are blinded. Open their ears that, that are not hearing. And let them see and let them hear you. Let them hear, truly hear the gospel that they have heard with their physical ears for years perhaps. But Lord, give them spiritual life that they can truly hear. And Lord, as that happens, they would recognize themselves as a sinner before a most holy God. And Father, when that happens, we have no other recourse than to fall before you, begging for forgiveness. So, Lord, as they would do so, grant them, grant them repentance. Lord, grant them that faith to believe. Grant them repentance. Draw them to yourself. And, Lord, just make them your own. And, Father, for those of us who are in Christ, that we know we're in Christ, Lord, help me. Help us all to live like it. Help us not to, to give ourselves over to temptation. Help us, Lord, to be strong in faith. Help us, Lord, to, to continue to live for you and be the witness that we are all called to be before others. Lord, help me and help us all, Lord, to never say or do anything that would give cause for the enemies of Christ to blaspheme you. So, Lord, help us. We need you. We need you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.